Heavenly Father, as we reflect upon the themes of peace, we ask that you would speak clearly to us, that your Holy Spirit would touch our minds and our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we looked at the concept of hope and Jesus as the hope giver and how that was so important, especially in this time of COVID. And when it comes to peace, it is just as important. There is so much that is going on and COVID has only uh, highlighted the need for peace. Uh, If you just look at COVID and there's all kinds of other things that we could look at in 2020 that demonstrate our need for peace. But just looking at that, uh, within different congregations, there is conflict over how to deal with COVID, of uh, whether uh, churches should be open or closed, uh, of how we should have our services, all of those things. There's conflict that is going on. There's conflict between congregations. Congregations who are looking at those who are open or who might... Uh, be going against uh, the health regulations and judging in that way, and then people looking at those who are uh, following those rules, saying that they're uh, submitting too closely to the government, and there's conflict that is taking place. There's conflict between congregations and the government. There's conflict between the government and the congregations. There's all kinds of things that are taking place that are revealing our need for peace. And we have seen so many other things happening in this year as well that remind us of the important need for peace. Uh, We want to say with John Lennon, uh, all I am saying is just give peace a chance. That's what we want. Well, thankfully, uh, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus and Jesus came in the world and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So problem solved. We're all good now. There's no problems at all. Except for it's a little bit more complicated than that. Of course, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he comes to give peace. But what does that peace look like? So we've seen in the scripture passages that uh, Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword. He came to bring conflict. And then In another passage, he says, uh, my peace I give to you. So what is it? Does Jesus give peace or does he not give peace? And the answer is yes. It depends on how you define peace. In fact, that's really what Jesus is doing. And this is one of the, uh, the complex parts of the Gospels is that Jesus messes up our understanding of what peace is. We come to Jesus saying we want peace and we have a very specific idea of what that peace looks like. And Jesus says, yeah, I'll give you peace, but it's not the peace that you necessarily are thinking about. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at this morning. So when we think about Jesus uh, as the peace giver, he has got to have peace in order to give us peace. So Uh, For example, I could come up to you and say, I'd like to offer to give you $1 million. Well, that's fine, except for I don't have $1 million to give you. So it's an empty promise. There's nothing I I can really do to fulfill that. Jesus is here to give us peace, but he himself has to have peace in order for him to give us that peace. So what does peace look like 
in the life of Jesus? Well, let's just take a very quick overview of his life. So uh, there he is. He's born in Bethlehem. And within a couple of years, what's happening? Uh, King Herod the Great is seeking to kill Jesus. He has the uh, young boys murdered in Bethlehem in an attempt to kill Jesus because he is jealous of Jesus as the king of the Jews. Uh, Jesus and his family are forced to flee to Egypt. Eventually, Jesus comes back. He grows into adulthood. He starts his ministry. He comes into conflict with the religious leaders. And we have the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Herodians And all these different groups, the only thing they seem to have in common is that they all hate Jesus, and they're all after him. They're all trying to give him a hard time. To make things worse, Jesus is having conflict with his own biological family, his half-brothers especially, who really have some concerns about this, who are doubting who Jesus is, and they're actually publicly mocking him and, and, and trying to stop him from doing what he is doing. And then... Jesus gets into even more conflict. He gets arrested. He is betrayed by one disciple. He is denied by another disciple. He is put on trial. He is condemned. And he's crucified by the Romans. There is the peaceful life of Jesus. Now, how in the world is Jesus going to give us peace if that is what he's got? Well, this actually goes back to that one passage from Luke, where he told us that he came to bring conflict. And what he was saying there is, Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God naturally brings conflict. There are those who are going to see that the kingdom of God is incompatible with what they value, and that is going to offend people, it's going to make them want to do bad things. And that's exactly what they did with Jesus. Uh, Jesus stood up and preached the kingdom of God, and people hated that, and they hated him for that. And so that is completely consistent with what Jesus promised for his followers. But he also said that peace he was going to give. And so that means he must have had some kind of peace. What kind of peace did he have? Well, for one thing, he had peace with the Father. Uh, He Of course, as the second person of the Trinity, he was united with the Father. It's all one God. And yet, in his human incarnation, he demonstrated a peace with the Father, uh, that perfect relationship. And he did it in a way that we can identify with, because he was able to show that there were times where things that the Father were asking him to do were difficult. And yet, he was able to say, not my will, but your will be done. He was at peace with the Father. He also had peace within himself in that he was confident in who he was. So yes, there was people who came to him, they hated him, they gave him a hard time, but he knew who he was as the Son of Man, as the Son of God, as the Messiah, the Christ. He He understood his identity, and what other people thought really didn't matter. Yes, he had compassion on everyone, Uh, He didn't withhold his compassion for certain groups. He loved everyone. He had compassion upon everyone. But he didn't depend on other people for his values. Uh, The Pharisees or the Sadducees or even his own brothers could say what they want. It didn't determine who he was. He knew who he was. And that was peace. And that is the kind of peace that Jesus had. 
And it is from that peace that he's able to share that peace for us. So Jesus had peace and he is the peace giver. So what does that look like for us, for us to receive that peace? Well, it is the exact same principles that we've already seen. So those two concepts, first of all, that, uh, that uh, preaching the kingdom of God is going to bring conflict. And so something is going to happen when we follow Jesus. And we're seeing this more and more as Canada moves into more of a post-Christian world as we, as Canada sheds the veneer of uh, cultural Christianity. When we stand up for Jesus, that is going to offend some people. Some people are just not going to like that. There's going to be problems. There's going to be conflict. Uh, I, some of us experience it in different ways. Some of us may not have experienced it yet. And if that's the case, then that's great. But others have had friends who said, you know what, if you're going to be a Christian, I don't want anything to do with you. Or uh, maybe it's, it was family. Uh, I've had people in my life who at different times have turned their back on me because I was a follower of Jesus. That kind of conflict is going to happen. The peace that Jesus gives doesn't mean that everyone is always going to like us. That is not the case. In fact, the promise is the exact opposite. But Jesus does have peace to give to us, and it's the same peace that he experienced. First of all, we have peace with God. One of Billy Graham's most popular books was Peace with God. And this is a, an amazing miracle for us to experience, to be in perfect peace. And what I love this, the peace that we can have with God, is not just the cessation of hostilities, as if you know God was still kind of angry at us, but he was reluctantly choosing to withhold his wrath. Uh, that's not the peace that we're talking about. Uh, the peace that's described in the Bible is that uh, God wants to adopt us into his family. He wants us as his daughters and his sons to be in his family, that he desires to be, uh, for us to be in his presence. That's the kind of peace with God that we can have, and that can shape everything else. And actually, it's very related. Uh, I, I use it as separate, uh, separate uh, topics, but really they're, they're interconnected. That uh, peace with God that we have really is what shapes the peace we have within ourselves, that we can now be confident of who we are in Christ, that we are sons and daughters of God, and we don't have to rely on whether other people approve or disapprove. Of course, we want to have love for all people. We want to have compassion on all people, but we don't need to rely upon them for our value. We don't have to wait to see if they approve of what we do or say. Uh, we know who we are in ourselves. And this will actually shape our relationships with others. When we are confident in that way, when we don't have to waffle back and forth wondering, well, what is the right thing? What do they want me to say? We can just speak the truth in love and let that be. And I'll tell you though, this is the most difficult part of it. We can experience the uh, peace of God uh, and as, as we put our faith in Christ. And we can experience peace within ourselves, but we're gonna struggle against that all of our lives, but it is possible and we can move in that direction. We can be confident of who we are in Christ Jesus. Almost 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, and he was the Prince of Peace. But he completely redefined what peace was. Peace was not the end of all hostilities, the end of all conflict. Uh, Peace wasn't just everyone uh, sitting together around a campfire singing Kumbaya. That's not the peace that he came to offer. The, The peace he came to offer actually brings some conflict. That when we follow the kingdom of God, people are not going to like some of the things that we stand up for. Uh, The values of the kingdom are not necessarily the values of the world, and that causes issues. But there is peace. He still is the peace giver, the peace giver who gives us peace with God and peace within ourselves, not based upon our own value, but based on who we are in Christ Jesus. And that can completely change all of our relationships. Peace with God, peace with self. That's what it means to be in Christ. Let us pray. God, we thank you for sending Jesus as the Prince of Peace. And God, I know that there are people here who are struggling in different ways and who are in desperate need of your peace. We pray that you would be with each one of us, that we would know your peace, even if that means that we're still in conflict with some people, that there are still people who dislike who we are for what we stand for. We pray that we would be confident in our relationship with you and that we would be confident of our identity in you. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue our time of worship as we come to the Lord's table. And this is a a time uh, that is very much highlighting what we were talking about of, of who Jesus was, his relationship with God, his relationship, uh, with others. They think about him gathering with his friends and not just knowing that he's about to die, but to have to Uh, take that meaning and blend it with this traditional service of Passover and to say that this bread that is being broken, which is meant just to satisfy hunger, that that would represent the breaking of his body. The pouring of a cup of wine, which should be a, a moment of celebration, that it was going to point towards the shedding of his blood. Just imagine being in in his situation to have to share those kinds of images. And yet he did it. And he did it because he was at peace with the Father. The Father was calling him to be an atoning sacrifice for us. And he was willing to do that. And he was willing to do that because he knew who he was in his relationship with the Father. So if you haven't used one of these yet uh, the way I'll just give you the instructions now and then we'll uh, we'll receive them in a moment there's a light uh, covering on the top that is for the wafer there's a, a thicker one below that that is for the uh, the cup and uh, as I instruct you you can receive that right now I'd like to read to you from first Corinthians and Paul's uh, sharing of the institution of the Lord's Supper For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he was born in that manger. But we're also thankful, as hard as it is to say this, that he also died on the cross for us. Uh, We don't rejoice in his death, but we rejoice in the love that was demonstrated on that cross, that he was willing to pay the price, that we would be reconciled with you, that we would have peace with you. God, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the cup and all that it symbolizes. We pray that as we partake of these elements, that we would be reminded of the price that was paid for us to be at peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to peel the, the first part off. Take the the wafer, the body of Christ, broken for you. Let us eat of the bread. If you would peel the second part, The blood of Christ shed for you. Let us drink of the cup. Broken body, shed blood, Wooden cross, empty tomb. Thank you for the peace. Amen.
Before I read the benediction, I would encourage you to take uh, your communion cup and there's a garbage by the, the door that you'll be exiting and please place that in the basket there. Uh, for our benediction, this is going to be the, the final words from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen.